as it started, I was like, I don't want to see this. What am I like? And then I was like, I think this is great. And then I was like, no, I'm repulsed again. And then I was like, is that Jason Manzukis? No, I'm back in. Why? 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 Pam and Tommy tells the mostly true story of how Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's most private moments on film were stolen and distributed worldwide without their consent. We say mostly because there are some embellishments. You mean the talking penis voice by Jason Manzukis? Yes, I do. It's a wild ride through 90s nostalgia and a sometimes hard to watch examination of our obsession with celebrity culture and lack of boundaries when it comes to women in the media. I'm Alex Logan. And I'm Lizzie Bassett, and this is IMDb is Obsessed, the show that tells you the one TV series or movie we think you should be watching this week and why you should be watching it. And we're talking about Pam and Tommy and, uh, well, some other talking members. Uh, But yeah, the first three episodes are available to stream on Hulu right now, and they'll be dropping the remaining five episodes every Wednesday with the finale airing March 9th. Yeah, I think we'll touch on this a little bit later, but that release structure feels very, very intentional um, with this show. And and I think it's one of the first times I've seen that kind of batch release structure work so well for reasons that we will get into. Another another show that we covered, Station Eleven did a good job of it as well, I think, where they needed to give you almost a little mini movie to get you you know, into the world and then start like actually revealing all the other layers of things they want to talk about. That's the case here as well, for sure. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, So this is created by Robert Siegel, who you may know from uh, 2008's The Wrestler. Alex, I know you're a Siegel fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's his crown jewel. Darren Aronofsky directed his script for that. Mm -hmm. And initially it was going to be Nicolas Cage playing the main role, which is why he was still, yeah, that's why he's still a producer on that movie, but realized that he couldn't bulk up enough to play a pro wrestler. Mickey Rourke stepped in and that saved his career essentially. And from there, he wrote and directed, I think, the criminally underseen and underappreciated big fan starring Patton Oswalt in just an incredible, incredible performance. It's about an obsessive New York Giants fan who will go to any length to, you know, support his team. There's the uh, McDonald's biopic, The Founder, that starred Michael Keaton. That's another script of his. That's by John Lee Hancock, who directed that. Um, And before Hollywood, Siegel was an editor-in-chief of The Onion in the 90s, which, yeah, I got to say, that makes sense for the overall take and the storytelling in Pam and Tommy. Yeah, it does. It's very journalistic. I mean, the series is kind of structured like an article. Uh, You know, it starts with the cartoonish crime up top, and then it introduces the players and then it eventually digs into their backstories. But it all has that onion sensibility of like finding the humor in even a terrible situation, right? It absolutely does. Yes, it it is definitely funny. Um, although it's not like a it's not like a fun romp all the way through. By any <laughs> no, means. no, no. They um, they dig into the dark underbelly of a lot of this, but yes. you know they try to at least build to something humorous, I guess, or something you can't believe yeah. that it happened yes. in this way. Because this was pop culture. These were right. some of the most famous people. And this was all happening very much in public, you know? Yeah. So it stars Lily James as Baywatch star Pamela Anderson, mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan as Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, Seth, yeah, <laughs> Seth Rogen as Rand Gautier, who we will get to, Nick Offerman as un- Uncle Milty, who is delightfully <laughs> repulsive in this. Um, Having way too much fun. 
way too much fun. Taylor <laughs> Schilling as Gautier's ex-wife Erica and many more, including, as you've probably heard by now, yes, Jason Manzukis as the voice of Tommy Lee's penis. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't ever need to see it again, but we are going to talk about it. Um, Yes. (laughs) So for those who don't know the background of the story, and I certainly didn't, I think Alex and I are of the age where we remember this, but I did not remember or was never aware of any of the context. I I was under the impression that they had like released this tape. Not the case at all. Uh, I, I followed this very closely when it happened. And I actually, I remember reading the Amanda Chicago Lewis article. Um, I didn't know all these details that they no. go into. And I didn't know how much of a like silly, you know, almost Coen Brothers movie crime story it was to steal the tape. Yes. But, but yeah, they're, the, whew, I'm... It's a story that needs to be told in, in an eight-part limited series, I guess. So the article he's referring to is the Amanda Chicago Lewis Rolling Stone article, which the series is pretty much based on. It's a great article. I definitely recommend you go back and read it. And if you don't know the background of what happened to Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, I did not. Um, this is basically the Spark Notes version that I'll give you so you understand what we're talking about. In 1995, a very disgruntled electrician slash carpenter, I guess, uh, I'm not exactly sure what he did, um, Rand Gautier, who was played by Seth Rogen, was allegedly held at gunpoint by Tommy Lee when he returned to Lee's house to try and retrieve his tools and ask for payment after Lee had fired him. Now, once Rand realized he was not going to get his money back in any traditional sense, he decided to pull off a heist and steal a safe he'd seen on Lee's property. Now, I want to just point out here, immediately, this man has stepped over the line, like, into the area that you just, you don't do this. I'm sorry that he, that Tommy Lee was a jerk to him. It must have been horrible to be held at gunpoint, but, like, any sympathy that you have for him is lost the second he carries out this plan. Yes. Um, Now, he does achieve this. He does manage to steal the safe through an insane, and as Alex said, Coen Brothers-esque plan involving posing as their big, white, fluffy dog and throwing a rug over himself and, like, waddling. From Pier 1. Yes. They make sure to show you the scene where they go and buy the rug. (laughs) Like, waddling across the yard to evade the security cameras. That is real. Um what he doesn't realize is that inside the safe, along with the guns and money that he was after, is the infamous private tape that Pam and Tommy had filmed for themselves while on vacation. Now, Godier decides to try and damage Lee even further than he already has and starts on a quest to release and profit off of this tape. The way that the show frames this is that he doesn't even consider the damage he might do to Anderson in addition to Lee until the situation is completely out of his control. Um, I do also want to make an effort while we're talking about this to not refer to this as a sex tape. Um, yes, it is I not mean, something – this was not made was for, for them. public yeah. display. This was not something that they were making, you know, as and voyeurs No, and this is, We became the voyeurs, yes. which is very much – the theme of this show. So in that vein, right at the top of this conversation, there is something about the show that we need to address, which is that while Tommy Lee gave the show and Sebastian Stan his blessing, and they actually did talk um, during the process and while Stan was getting to know the character, um, Pamela Anderson did not. So the creators of the show and Lily James did reach out to her on multiple occasions, but I think for some pretty obvious reasons, this was a very painful time in her life and she did not want it revisited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robert Siegel said they made every effort to try to contact her, but 
but to also make Pam the hero of the story. Which um, they do, 100%. Yes, absolutely. And he said he hoped that she loved the show as much as the show loved her, which is a nice sentiment. I think there is a lot of love for her in the show, and they do try yes. to make her— it's, it's not just a victim, but somebody who got caught up in this and somebody who, you know, this was not something that they wanted out of their life. And they tried in a lot of ways to stop from spreading yes. and really also, was the voice was, of reason yes, throughout a lot of Yes, she was right. Like that that's yeah. something that was so interesting about watching this is that she comes across as a very good and sweet person and also smart. I mean, there were so many instances where all the men in the room were, you know, saying you have to sue, you have to push, yeah. you have to like push back. And she was the one who was saying, I don't think that's smart. Like this might die down if we're, and she was right. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they went ahead with it. So yeah, I, I do think that this show does Pam justice. And I think that Lily James, to get into the cast here a little bit, to me, she was the most impressive person yeah. on this show. But Alex, I'm, I'm curious if you feel the same way. Absolutely. You know, you set up kind of expectations of how much deeper the show goes as 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 it progresses and like as you get deeper into their stories and everything and i think the the episode i believe 6 that is her backstory where you actually just go yeah. and get the like biopic of pam anderson which was really good incredibly well done really my favorite thing in the episode or in the series lily james's best you know, showcase for the series. Not that she's great in so much of it, but she's barely in the first episode at all. You know, they yes. there's a lot of shifting perspectives. So, you know, sometimes you're with Seth Rogen, sometimes you're, you know, with Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of you kind of get to know all the different parts much in the same way that you would be reading an article and you'd kind of shift to different parts in the story. It feels again very much like it's, you know, a ripped from this Amanda Chicago Lewis article, right? In I, that I also structure. have to say, I don't think it's an accident that you're referring to Seth Rogen as Seth Rogen as and Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee because Sebastian Stan absolutely disappears right, into yes. this. And and totally. Seth Rogen, while wonderful, is still Seth Rogen. <laughs> Most people had never even heard of Rand Gauthier before this show. No. And he is the principal player of this. He is the one who got this out in the world, you know, for, for worse, as we set up before. Yeah. And, you know, I think Seth Rogen does a great job of making you somewhat sympathetic for this terrible guy, but it's not yeah, the point he's, he's of bad. his character either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see why he produced this show. This begins yes. with his production company. It becomes with his germ of the idea. He brought on Robert D. Siegel to write it and to develop it, you know, and show run the show. And I can see right away like why he was like zeroing in on this, you know, oh, he's former former porn star, like accidentally, who's sort really of, a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's just kind of this lovesick idiot who like is really trying to just I find a piece of something in life that he can hold on to and and just going about it in all yeah. of the wrong ways. Um, and then yeah, has that falling down moment of like, I'm not gonna take anybody's crap anymore. Like I'm I'm gonna fight yes. back finally. And that's the stealing of the safe, which right. unknowingly has the set you're not not sex tape their private home video that he turned into said sex tape right and you know something that i think sebastian stan does really well i i was a little nervous going into this that because sebastian stan is i think we can all agree one of the cutest humans ever to walk the face of the earth cutie um, patootie cutie patootie (laughs) there you know he what he's able to do with this with Tommy Lee's character in this is he he is extremely charming um he is ex- you know obviously it's still Sebastian Stan but he does show the edge and the um scary aspects of Tommy Lee's character I, they do not get into um 
what and eventually ended up ending Tommy Lee and Pamela's marriage, which if you're not familiar, uh, you should look into that. They do mention it on the show, but I think that they do a good job of showing um, that he has anger issues and that yeah. it's that he can be scary. And, and Sebastian Stan really pulls that off in a way that you understand why Pamela would stay with him. Yes. Um, which I think is hard to do. Yeah. I mean, you called it out immediately how much he's love bombing her and he yes. is manipulating her and yeah. he's like surrounding her from all sides with him and yeah. his friends and his life and how, how, alluring all that was. I mean, you know, they got married in four days, was it? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, it was, the whole thing like was a whirlwind. He, followed her to Mexico, and this is all in the second episode, um, so I don't want to get into it too much because I think yeah. you guys should watch it, but, um, yeah, he he just completely, completely swept her up, like Alex is saying, and it, it is, it's, watching that episode, I was like, there's no way, like, they must have compressed the timeline. Nope. Right, it it no. is, they did compress some other timelines, particularly sure. having to do with her pregnancies, but this, they did not. Um, yeah. So that, that was pretty wild. That episode does, you know, have its issues, I would say. It's, it's not as strong well, as where, where it goes later, but I will say that episode has some of my favorite moments where, like, I really got into the show. Uh, I think their meet cute, I would call it, in big quotes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, where he jumps down on the table and goes, I'm Greek. And she goes, I'm Pam. <laughs> Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's it's pretty great. And I yeah. think, is the second episode also the one that, that contains Jason Mansukas? Because I think we do have to briefly yes, talk about yes, this. Yes, yes, it did. It, yeah. it, it was that. And that is the headline-grabbing one. And that is, yeah. you know, if... if you're gonna watch number one because it's it shows you the crime, right? It like it's good, it yeah. gives you yeah, it 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 it's it is the headline. It is the like why this story happened and the most important kind of aspect of it. Episode two is how Pam and Tommy came together, right? And it yes. like gives a lot of their context and that crazy whirlwind romance, and it all builds to the scene that you Ooh, immediately boy. were blowing up our phones when you saw. I, and thank you I for it them. because I was like, you yeah. guys, I don't. I literally, I was like, as it started, I was like, I don't want to see this. What am I like? And then I was like, I think this is great. And then I was like, no, I'm repulsed again. And then I was like, is that Jason Manzukas? No, I'm back in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a yeah, long it scene where, mm -hmm. I, as I'm sure you've heard. Tommy Lee does have a full conversation with his penis. And so Craig Gillespie, who directed the first three episodes, um, which we'll talk about in a minute, and Siegel, what they did here is very smart um, because I think if anybody knows anything about Pam and Tommy's tape, it is that Tommy Lee, it, it is about Tommy Lee's anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, and so what they do by making that very cartoonish, literally, I mean, this is wild. It's like whipping around. <laughs> it, it's like an, an animatronic. It's, yes, it is an animatronic. It, it is, it's it so is clearly not human. Yes. That, yeah. that what they do is they make it, they, first of all, they make you look right at it. Um, it, which makes you feel gross. And I think that that is intentional and they make it so appalling. I, I just, I think it, it gets past that without needing to revisit it over and over. Yeah. I, I, 
thought when they introduced it that this was going to be something they came back to, but oh, really God they not. did not need to. <laughs> they they got their point across. And also, yeah, it's going to grab the headlines. People are going to be like, what is this show with this talking appendage? And that Hulu is going out there with this and, you know, yeah. <laughs> that it is Hulu in other in other countries, it's released on Disney+. Plus. If you didn't realize, yeah, in some other countries, internationally, it is on Disney Plus because it's part of Hulu. Yeah, so some people, I think, in in South America, will be watching uh, Tommy Lee's talking. um, You know what? uh, On Disney Plus. So yeah, it's you can say penis. It's an anatomical term. I'm trying to get past it. Yes, Uh, but yes, it is. um, It's it's. The scene of of the year, and it's going to be hard to top for a while. It's one of those that just like they went for it. It's really, really shocking, and I think if you hang on for everything that comes after it, that's when the show really, really unfolds yeah. itself and gives you what it is trying to tell you. You know, and yeah, I do want to talk about. So I think we've mentioned a couple times that Craig Gillespie directed yes. the first three episodes. You may know him. He is the director of I, Tanya, among many other things, which, of course, is another reexamination of a 90s um, pop culture controversy slash moment. Um, I I got I started to get very cranky as I was reading um, <laughs> a lot of articles about this because so many of them refer to the series as directed by Craig Gillespie. Yes. Now, he directed the first three episodes. He did not direct all eight. Um, so those those are a little misleading. Um the first three episodes are great. As Alex said, they're very eye-catching. They're, I think, very cartoonish on purpose. Um, yes. The show takes a big pivot when it hits the fourth episode, uh, which is very interesting because the final five episodes are fantastic, and they're all directed by women, mm-hmm. uh, which was a really, really, I think, I think smart choice to put women behind the camera for this, particularly as the story shifts to focus on Pam. Um, because you get something very different than the first three episodes. So I, I will tell you, if you watch those three and you're appalled, I recommend that you stick around um, yeah. because it does change quite a bit. So the three women that helm the last five episodes are Lake Bell and Gwyneth Horder Payton, who both take on two episodes each, and then Hannah Fidel, who takes on one. Um, she does the backstory episode, which I think does, is really yes. masterful. And it's, it's so impressive, too, because often— it, it falls into it a lot of the tropes of a biopic, of a like you know big but it Hollywood does it biopic. Very well. it, but it's so yeah, and I think also at the you know the forty five minute kind of runtime, it's the perfect encapsulation of a life, and then it doesn't have to try to like build a greater arc through no. that. It's just like here are all the important touch points. Here's her meeting Hugh Hefner. Like right. here's her like getting discovered at the hockey game. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's really it's it's done so well. I, I loved that one. It was great. I, I think I was probably most impressed by Lake Bell's two episodes, particularly for Lily James's performance. And because they had a more gentle pacing, um, it really let you absorb more of it. And the the fourth episode is is uh, one of Lake's. And yes, it's that one so good. It's really great. And that's the one where I was like, oh, this this like this show really grabbed me in the fourth yeah. episode. And then the last like thirty seconds of that episode, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it, it really um, it takes it to a new level, and I was just it, extremely impressed. It changes the perspective and the the viewpoint kind of back on you as mm-hmm. the viewer, where it's giving Tommy Lee every chance to get it. It's really Pam trying to go to him and 
like make him get it. Like why yeah. this would be something that's upsetting to her beyond just like, you know, we got robbed. And she asked him at one point, like, don't you feel violated? And he goes, I feel pissed. Yeah. Which is yeah, just he like, he's get not it. getting it. And it's, it's doing it to show you like, we didn't get it at the time and yes. we're not getting it now. Like here, like, let me lead you along the way to get it. But it's not all, you know, these serious kind of heavy conversations. It also, that episode has the Malibu library scene where they don't yeah. have internet in their house. So they have to try to sneak into the Malibu library to use their computers to look up the website that has yes. their tape for sale. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's so it's incredible. Funny. A lot it's of the really, internet really, stuff really, is very really well funny. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really, it's been, it, that's the other element of this that I think is, is extremely, um, just precisely executed is, yes. is the sort of the birth of the viral video. And in many ways, really the birth of the internet. Like you see these people, uh, in real time realizing the power that the internet has. And that seems like, you know, that's just, that's sort of rote for us at this point. It was not back then. This yeah. is 1995, 1996, when this really blew up. There's a scene where uh, Fred Heckinger, who plays uh, Seth Warchowski, I believe, who's one of the founders of the original, one of the original Cam Girl websites, um, he is explaining to Rand Gauthier what his website is and what it does. And Rand is like, you know, on his high horse because he has the tape and he's like in the process of releasing physical VHS tapes of yeah. it with Uncle Milty. Um, and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I don't get it. Like, you know, good luck with your little cam girl plan. I don't get it. And Seth says, you don't have to. 30 million other people do. And it's just like this moment where you realize that like, yeah, this is this is starting and the floodgates are open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It, there are some winks to like, we know the future that are mm -hmm. a little, you know, like the kind of what you'd expect from a biopic. But th the way that it does let this history unfold yeah. of, you know, where, you know, the internet just suddenly became the <laughs> the modern like porn distributor of the world like it, everything went that direction and here is like a microcosm of how that started with this tape well and not even porn i mean it, i think what it follows is the way that the internet affected our access to not just other people stories. but in particular celebrities and yeah. and stories and information and that's something that you know, at this show, obviously beyond the talking penises and amazing makeup <laughs> transformations, Pam and Tommy is another reexamination of pop culture's treatment of women in public scandals. Yes. Um, and that's something that I think we're seeing a lot of series and movies do right now is this sort of reexamination of recent history, which I think is really fascinating. Um, why do you think that this is something that we're revisiting right now? I think we've just got enough distance from it. You know, I think, I think, right. I think the 90s were and the 2000s were looking back at the 80s for the most part because they felt that they had just gotten enough distance. They weren't doing as many of the kind of like, you know, the series and the movies and everything that we're doing now because there just weren't as many outlets. It was much more of the like, you know, 2020 or docu, yeah. like docu series uh, kind of things or just TV specials. Um, but now just with every channel, every platform, every way to tell a story, I think that we're now looking back just with enough distance, just like mm -hmm. at that arm's length to go like, hold on, I can start to make out this the full picture here. And I think that, you know, and once OJ did it so well, you know, the People versus OJ Simpson yeah, after so that good. series was 
so great and brought, you know, so uh, attracted such high talent and won so many awards. I think people were like, okay, what's the next story from this, this time period that we can well, tell. And I also wonder if like, I wonder if, if there was sort of this peak of celebrity culture and our like lack of boundaries when it came to celebrities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's part of it is that there was this frenzy around, um, around really knowing the personal details and and not treating these people like people at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that we came, we've come back from that and that it really is an interesting time to re-examine because looking back on it, it's appalling um, yes. the way that so many, particularly women, were were treated. And it's not just sort of narrative series that we're seeing do this. Of course, you've got the New York Times documentary on Britney Spears, which was excellent. And thanks to the Free Britney movement and that truly contributed to her finally being released from her conservatorship um, and also caused a public examination of conservatorships and their ethics in general, which is amazing. That's an interesting one because it is so current. It is happening right now, but it also needed the perspective, like, you know, kind of distance of the 90s to kind of look back and be like, wait, what? did we do to Britney Spears? Like what, you know, yeah, just terrible, you know, putting her in this whirlwind life. Like, yeah. And I think, I think it needed that distance where again, like people wanted to look back. Cause I think there's also the kind of like, you know, you have to let a story like get, sit around for a little while too, before people are ready to start looking at it again. Because I think if we tried to look at Pam and Tommy when it was like too fresh, nobody wanted to, it just wasn't that fascinating. It it, like, it it hadn't kind of like- the timing is right. And yeah. I, there's there's been some other um, series and movies that I think have kind of primed the palette for this that I mm-hmm. think if you enjoy this show, you should also go check out some of these. Um, there is a very upsetting, I will warn you, A&E documentary called The Secrets of Playboy that's about the Playboy Mansion that is available on Hulu and A&E right now. That is worth watching. Um, it does touch very directly, I think, on this time period, um, and particularly because The Girls Next Door was a show that you know a lot of us, myself included, grew up watching. Um, oh that yeah, is, absolutely. Yeah, that is yeah. not the reality uh, of what it was like for those. But it women. was reality TV. I'm sorry, you're right. I forgot it was real. <laughs> so I, I would recommend checking that out. Um, another one that I think is worth watching if you're sort of interested in this type of story is the Amy Winehouse documentary, Amy. Um, It's entirely found footage. It is available for rent on Prime Video. Uh, It's not the 90s. Obviously, she came to more prominence in the sort of early 2000s and then, of course, passed away far, far too early. Um, But that one, I think, was one of the first times that I really felt myself looking at my own consumption of celebrity culture because I remembered reading Perez Hilton and all that stuff. Absolutely. I was just, I was so ashamed of, of, you know, the way that I had viewed her and and how I had not understood her talent. So I would say that's worth watching as well. And one I want to throw out there that actually came before all of this is Star 80 from 1983. It's still in that world of Playboy. It's actually about Playboy playmate Dorothy Stratton. Um, and it's a rip from the headlines. Uh, I, I always call it kind of a proto-lifetime movie um, because it is a... <laughs> melodrama in its greatest, you know, in all of its greatest forms. It's very high Listen, art because it's Lifetime movies in, are great. <laughs> I, I love this one. I, I've seen very many of them and this is written and directed by Bob Fosse. Uh, so it is a very high art version of this um, 
tabloid tale, to say the least. Uh, and it's Marielle Hemingway playing Dorothy Stratton and Eric Roberts playing her controlling, abusive Ooh. boyfriend slash manager. Um, he discovers her at a Dairy Queen and, like, starts kind of, you know, Put it, trying to get her to start posing in these magazines and tries to take over her entire life and think that he owns her. And it's just this really dark true crime story that leads to murder. And I need to watch this. This is Star, Star 80, right? fantastic. Star 80 from 1983. Just, just a really, really fascinating film. And in a lot of ways parallels the Pam Anderson story of getting into this Playboy world and you know gives mm. you the, the seedy underbelly of it 10 years before. Interesting. And that's yeah. available to rent on Prime Video as well. Yes. So definitely check that out. Pam and Tommy, as well as Star 80, Amy, the Playboy Mansion, the New York Times documentaries, they really force you to take a cold, hard look in the mirror and examine why we as a country are so invested in publicly tearing these women apart and particularly why their male counterparts get away uh relatively unscathed. Um, and we see that in this in this story as well. It does a great job of highlighting why this was so much more damaging for Pamela than it was for Tommy. Um, and it's, it is really heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as the show gives him so many chances to get it, I think they I even, know. when the show came out, they reached out to Tommy Lee, as you said, and he was, you know, honored to be included in the conversation of it, still not kind of getting how damaging and how uh, maybe um, revealing this story would be of his actions throughout all of it as well. I, you know? I am curious. <laughs> I am curious what his reaction will be after he sees it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope still positive because I, you know, I think that they, they go to great lengths to try and be fair. Um, yeah. It's but, a story yeah. that needed to be told and it's a perspective that needed to be uncovered. So, yeah. you know, I think he he can understand that if nothing. nothing I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. So we want to hear from you guys. Obviously, one of the most sort of eye-catching elements of this show is the physical transformations of Lily James and Sebastian Stan, which are incredible. Uh, we want to hear what is the most amazing on-screen transformation that you've ever seen. You can tweet at IMDb with the hashtag IMDb is obsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Yeah, if you want to learn a little bit more about the transformations of uh, Tommy Lee and Pam yes. or Sebastian Stan and Lily James, uh, our producer Ian did an amazing fan Q&A with the cast, and they talked about, uh, among other things, the prosthetic nipple rings that they uh, had to wear throughout all of it, I know. I'm so glad uh, they're prosthetic. <laughs> and if you want to watch Ian's video, go to imdb.com and look up fan questions, and you'll see the one with Sebastian Stan and Lily James. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of prosthetics in this show. Um, yeah, some of that, it uh, motorized and uh, thankfully a lot of it not. Well, Lily James is encased in prosthetics for, yes. I mean, that's, if you're wondering, they show, you do see some nudity of Pam, which I, I'm not going to lie. I actually wish they had not, um, but it mm. is not, it is not her. She, that's a chest plate and she's fully um, uh, covered. Yeah. For those of you who found us from the uh, streaming category on Apple Podcasts, thank you and welcome. And if you're enjoying the show, we would love if you guys could give us a rating or review wherever you are listening. We definitely appreciate it. I will not be here next week. I will be enjoying the balmy tropical waters of Costa Rica. Um, but Alex, but I'll be here. Alex will be here. <laughs> yeah, and we won't be talking about Pam and Tommy next week, but we will definitely be thinking about it. Absolutely, I cannot. I cannot think about anything else. Although I don't really want to rewatch that one scene, but I will. <laughs> I will do it. You do it for the pod. I'll do it for the pod. See you next time. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.